so welcome to episode number 94 of the space in between welcome welcome my friends we're going to be sitting with colby rolando in a moment she is one of our featured healers of the week and she'll be sharing her journey of transitioning from a dancer to a yoga teacher and all the other beautiful things that she is uh, just in a moment, but we have a lot of really wonderful, exciting things happening in Nomadland. Where do I start? Well, if you are new to our community, I definitely suggest to go over to nomadalwaysathome.com and sign up for our free open house that is happening October 3rd. This is going to be all day classes uh, on Zoom in Zoomland with me and some other guest facilitators that will be collaborating with me through my Movement 109 and breathwork and yoga nidra, meditation, sound healing, yoga. It's going to be a really beautiful one-day retreat for just you and, and, a lot, and all of your new friends. So come on over. If you go over to nomadalwaysathome.com, sign up for our mailing list. You'll get an invite directly in your inbox with the link and we will see you there all day Saturday or anytime. You don't have to come for the whole time. Maybe you come for one or two classes, but we love to experience it with you. And we're also kicking off my Movement 109 facilitator training that is happening. It's starting October 7th. We are pushing it because of a couple of scheduling things. Uh, so we're pushing it an extra week. So you have one more week to sign up, which is really exciting. And this is addressing, again, the, the Movement 109 technique. So we're going to do a lot of the groundwork to get you first in your own body. If you're a yoga teacher, facilitator of breath work or sound healing or another healer and space holder that you are looking for more tools to help and be of service, we want to first get you down in your body and then you can use these tools to integrate into your modality of choice. This open house that we're doing on October 3rd is a beautiful introduction to see how you too could incorporate it as, as a, a facilitator. So this facilitator training will be looking at the, the technique of it, but then also diving into how do you show up as a space holder? And we'll have discussions around that, especially during these new and challenging uncertain times. We'll dive into how we create space for ourselves and for others in a safe and healthy way. And we'll talk about how to enter into the space of ceremony, even in Zoomland. So would love for you to be there if you are, again, a yoga teacher, a healer of any kind, or maybe it's that you're a therapist, uh, a somatic therapist or movement teacher you too can add these to your teaching facilitating toolbox. So that's, I think, what we have going on in Nomadland. So now let's go ahead and sit with Colby. Okay, I'm here with Colby. So we know each other probably, I think it's eight years now or seven years. And we connected. I can't exactly remember the moment that I found out about you, but I heard that you were a fellow yoga works teacher back then in our area. And I was like, oh, I need this person in my life to come teach for me at this pr program that I was teaching. 
Uh, and yeah, then our paths cross. I remember, I still remember the class that I went to that was out in, um, oh, yeah. not Goshen, but Warwick. Warwick. Mm-hmm. That little, it was like a house and a little, a little yoga room in someone's house that I used to teach out of. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember that class. I don't remember exactly. I just remember maybe doing something against the wall and just thinking, oh my goodness, we're on the same page, just everything that you taught, the physical practice and also just how you weaved the theme through. And uh, yeah, and so I snapped you up and brought you there and then I closed the program a couple months later. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I really, I can't remember either how we, who put us in touch with one another, but I do remember that day and um, feeling that we had that background, that connection and then the dance background too. Yes. Yeah. That was a experience. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, who is this person in the Hudson Valley? who's so similar. (laughs) So, and then we kind of fell apart. I mean, not fell apart, but we parted ways because I went on to Costa Rica and you, you stayed and built out your own community with your husband. What I want to hear more about. And then we somehow found our way to each other the past six months through the pandemic or a little bit before that. But yeah. So yeah, tell me what's going on. (laughs) What have you been up to the last seven years? Oh my goodness. Well, (laughs) life, (laughs) it's, it's a journey, you know, um, it's been the past seven years has been like a serious, a serious, um, evolution for myself, um, deepening in my healing, deepening in my uh, awakening of spirituality, deepening in my relationships, um, deepening in my services and my offerings to the community. So um, my husband and I, Ray, we we opened um, a physical space in Tuxedo, New York, in 2017 and it was a wellness center we offered um a lot of different types of services including yoga and yoga teacher trainings which i facilitated um and my husband you know he does a lot of transformational work with people deep healing work one-on-one as well as in groups um energy healing energy therapies uh trainings and retreats so we were doing all of this in our tuxedo location and um, it was interesting because, you know, we built a community. We had, you know, our community that we had built even before we arrived there physically. We were working out of our home. And my husband had started uh, the company back in like 2007 or 2008. Okay. So um, we arrived in that physical location. And then, you know, we were there for three years. And at the end of the day, we just kind of looked at each other and felt like, you know, for all of our expenses here, yeah, physically and our overheads, um, everything we do except for yoga classes and yoga trainings can pretty much be done, you know, online, via phone. So most of our services, you know, were, were being done in that way. Mm-hmm. But 90% of our expenses were coming from the physical space. Yeah. So, yeah. So, right before COVID hit, um, we had already pretty much decided that we were going to leave. We were going to let go. 
okay. which was really hard because, you know, you have an idea of a dream, mm -hmm. you know, you have an idea of what you think your purpose is going to look like, or your dream is going to look like manifested. And you realize that the, the saying that you won't always get what you want, but you get what you need is really true. Yeah. And so it didn't, our dream didn't manifest the way we thought it would. We decided to leave. But interestingly enough, since we've left, there's been this just huge opening, you know, just this huge releasing of energy and, you know, evolving in our, in our work together and separately. And, and we've actually expanded greatly, even though everybody was inside during this period, um, our work has really flowered. Beautiful. So, um, and then, you know, kids, life, um, it's been, it's been a lot of juggling different things. I'm getting the image of Lakshmi oh, <laughs> yes. arms coming out, you know, like just managing so many different things yeah. on so many different levels. And, um, I think I'm just really grateful for all of my inner work that I've done up into this point, because, uh, the state of the world as it is right now, I think is, it's brought many to their knees and it's been just super, super challenging. And without all the work that I've done on myself and all of the spiritual practices and teachings and meditations, I think I would be in a much different place, but I'm just really grateful that I have that under my experience and underneath, um, underneath my belt, so to speak. And that during this time, my husband and I, Ray, we've been able to help so many people. That's beautiful. So. Yeah. I've also thought that too, um, in other conversations here in the, the podcast and myself too, of, of people like you and myself who are in this space of, of healing and of teaching and, and holding space for others, how somehow life prepared us for this time so that we could be strong and stable and, and hold that, hold that ground for, as you said, people coming to their knees. So I am a bit curious to know a bit more about that journey for you. You know, you just spoke about the last, so you said 2017, the last three years, but what, I mean, how, what brought you to this path? Um, you know, maybe even before you and I met, what, what, what's, what's the story of Colby look like? Well, so, <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to take you way, way back yeah, to a good. moment in time because <laughs> right. we all have these memories of, you know, our journey. And, um, in my head, I'm actually seeing like a, one of those old Polaroid pictures, mm -hmm. you know, from the Polaroid cameras. Like, so there's, um, there's a Polaroid picture of myself at like super, super young. I don't even know how old I was in a crib but my leg up on like the bar of the crib, mm -hmm. like in a, in a ballet position, like how yeah. somebody would warm up at like the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so my mom used to say, Colby, you know, Colby do ballet. And so then I would point my toe and put my leg up on the crib. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you know how that is because you're a dancer. So yeah. once a dancer, always a dancer. Um, but I told my mom at five years old that I was going to be a dancer and that I was going to move to New York city. 
So, you know, throughout, you know, elementary, junior high, high school, I went in and out of different dance forms and trainings and, um, you know, school dance, you know, teams and all of that. And I ended up going to the University of uh, Santa Barbara for college and I got a BA in dance. And um, I ended up, I just, I knew in my heart on some level that for whatever reason, when I was done with college, I needed to move to New York City. Um, and I did that. I literally, I, summer of 1999, a friend of mine who I was dancing with who was from like Montauk area yeah. or in the Hamptons somewhere hooked me up with one of her friends that was subletting in Brooklyn. And I literally took two suitcases and I, I moved to Brooklyn and I started dancing at Alvin Ailey. And um, I tried out for their scholarship program, their dance training program. And then I trained on scholarship there for a year. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I never left. <laughs> Well, you did eventually because you're in the Hudson Valley now, but yes. Yeah, but New York, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. isn't that funny? I, I ended up in New York City March of 1999. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very similar. I know, yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I moved to dance and then, you know, it was I was in my early 20s and I, I realized that I mean, I was training like six to seven hours a day. I was hostessing at Ruby Foo's on the Upper West Side. I don't know if you remember Ruby Foo's. Yeah, I lived on the Upper West Side and I was at Steps all the time. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Me I, too. I know that neighborhood. Yeah. So, I used to walk past like Lincoln Center and yeah. walk up. And so, I was, I was dancing six hours a day going to Ruby Foods at night, working all night on my feet. And it got to a point where I just realized like, you know, in order for me to really take care of myself and financially, I'd have to get into a major company. Mm -hmm. And it was just so competitive and it was emotionally draining that I decided that I would let go of, of dance. And I ended up getting like a real job as a recruiter. How old were you at this time? You or know, year or something. Probably around twenty two, twenty three. Okay, so you you did this for a good couple of years. Maybe a year and a half. Year and a half. Okay, yeah. I got a real job. And then I needed to get a real job, and I got a job like right outside of Times Square, like Midtown Manhattan on Fifth Avenue, as a recruiter. Um, in the city and I, you know, we recruited for a lot of the large financial companies and, um, you know, Wall Street companies and um, I was in the city on September 11th, which was a huge um, marker in time, obviously. Um, were you living in Brooklyn still or where were you? At that time, I was actually living in Williamsburg. Okay. So I was in Williamsburg. I was living with um, my best friend, actually, from college, who was also a dancer yeah. and who had followed, kind of came out to New York um, like a year after I did. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So um, that's around the time where I was introduced to yoga for the first time. Yeah. 
I remember like getting like a message or something like a text or maybe maybe I talked to my sister who was living in California who was like, oh my God, you know, have you taken a yoga class? And I just started taking yoga and it's amazing. <laughs> and so somehow that inspired me and I had been wanting to do it for a while. And it's actually surprising that I hadn't taken a yoga class yet. Um, but I took one in Brooklyn and it was incredible. And interestingly enough, it took me several years. You know how life yeah. happens and like you touch upon something that totally speaks to your soul and you know it's like a special moment in time, but like somehow you don't make it back to that point. Yeah. <laughs> so life took me on a journey. Yeah. And um, I ended up revisiting yoga. Um, and it was at a studio on the Upper East Side called Some Like It Hot. I don't know. If you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it, but I can imagine what it seems like. Yeah. So I remember taking my first class there and almost dying of like the heat and the sweat, but it was so invigorating and so fun and so energizing to be in a room where, um, you know, the Bikram style of yoga, it was so, you had to call upon that inner strength and that endurance and your focus. And then that paired along with everyone in the room doing the same thing. Yeah. And sweating your butt off. Yeah. And it was like you, like I remember just walking out going, that was amazing. <laughs> and I ended up practicing Bikram for maybe a year or two. And then somehow um, I had practiced at a few other studios, like Laughing Lotus, Yoga Works. And I was at that point in my, in my life where I think I was actually, I was letting go of the recruiting job. And I knew, because I knew I wasn't really meant to be in corporate. Like yeah. it, it felt like I was going through the motions and in a, in a place where like it wasn't in alignment with who I was. Yeah. Like I wasn't living my passion and my purpose. And because of my dance background and because I've always been involved or interested in wellness in general, whether it was energy therapies or nutrition, you know, anything that can help, um, you know, help people feel revitalized and, and awesome mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, so I knew I had some sort of path in movement, but also the overall arching, um, you know, of, of wellness and, and health and spirituality. So, um, I remember I was kind of on the lookout for like a place that I could do a yoga teacher training. I knew I wanted to teach yoga. Yeah. And, um, I had taken classes, like I said, at Laughing Lotus, at Yoga Works and various other places. And I remember Yoga Works and like another place where they were having their like intros, like yoga teacher training, like question and answers come to our intro. And um, I remember going to Yoga Works on the Upper West Side and meeting Chrissy Carter. Oh, nice. <laughs> and Jody Repti. Yeah. And they, you know, they talked to us, we did a practice. And I remember just like immediately knowing like, 
I love Chrissy. She was so fun, so like intelligent. She knew what she was talking about. She had an amazing practice. Jody was beautiful. Um, her energy was so like high, expanded, spiritual, and I just knew that I needed to do my training there. So I never even ended up going to any of the other orientations. Awesome. Yeah. It's like, you know, those moments where you just know that the universe is is taking you somewhere. You just know in your heart, like that I'm making this decision and it's a hundred percent right for me. Yeah. So that's how I got. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. So that's how I got there. And I never even went to the other, you know, the other places I was like, waste of time. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. That that was it. You got your stamp of I'm a yoga teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do believe in, in yoga works. I mean, they're no longer, but uh, I I felt the same, you know, I, I was taking yoga with my other teacher, Elizabeth Andes Bell, who I'm sure you've been connected to in some ways. Yes. She was my teacher for so many years. And she told me, she actually demanded that I go get my teacher training. I did not want to do it. Um, (laughs) She said, go study with Alan Finger. And I don't know if you were around at that time, but it was when the switch was happening between, uh, you know, be yoga. I don't remember what it was yoga. I don't remember what he called it at that. He's had so many different names, but it was Ishta essentially when it be, what Ishta became and yoga work. So I got the training with him and yoga work. So that's when I met Jean Marie and okay. I just knew when I met Jean Marie that she was my teacher. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah. When you feel so lost, like you're, you're, you're describing about living in New York city. And I know that feeling too, so well of, you know, thinking this is what my dream is. It was kind of mirrors Mm -hmm. what you were talking about your studio, you know, just recently of, of having this dream of what it's going to look like. Also knowing that it's going to be challenging, but it's just, it, it isn't what you had thought that it would be manifested. So you feel lost for a bit of, okay, well, what's next? And, and it sounds like you were just kind of going through emotions, as you said, with the corporate gig and then ah, it clicked back into place. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, I knew that my passion, my purpose was movement, teaching movement practices in general, um, spiritual practices, healing practices, um, yeah, so it was like the recruiting job was sort of like a a holding place. You know, I had lots of experiences during that time. I I was young. I was living in the city. I, you know, I I met a lot of people. I dated, you know, some guys. Had some horrible relationships, <laughs> <laughs> and and had some good ones too. Yeah, um, you know, had some. And actually, yeah, had some serious ups and downs in the city um, that all, as we all know, led to my, you know, inner growth as who I am as a, as a person. And um, that actually, all, all of those experiences in the city and then, you know, yoga teacher training, I kind of stumbled upon, I knew it, I needed to keep expanding after the yoga teacher training. So then I kind of stumbled upon my first Reiki class in the city. Nice. And um, I did 
you know, all of the levels. I went through even the Karuna level, which is above the master level. Okay. Um, and I had just huge openings, even with my Reiki training. And um, then it just, you know, my path kept expanding. But, and I'm just, I'm trying to remember the timeline here because I'm, I'm getting a little confused with when the Reiki happened and when yoga happened because when I met Jodi yeah. through yoga, yoga works and my yoga training, she actually was the one who introduced me to the spiritual teacher that I've been studying with for over 10 years. Right, I remember. I remember her talking about that teacher and then you referring to him too. Yeah, so yeah. that's, and then once I met him and you know he's in Ireland my path just ex <laughs> expanded and exploded even more yeah um, can you share a little bit more about that about uh my meeting with my teacher yeah and other things that have happened because of your teacher I don't want to give it away so um, <laughs> oh my goodness there's so much here um so after a lot of after the recruiting job and after i did my yoga teacher training i met um someone that i did eventually marry and we i was together with him for five years mm. and um i did my training while i was with him and then Jody kind of introduced me to this teacher and he was coming to the States from Ireland and doing a workshop in um, New York and Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And I actually couldn't make the one in New York. I, I, I had to basically take a train down to Philly so that I could take his workshop. And it's interesting because I was actually born in Philly, even though I was raised oh, in nice. California. So I, I went to a workshop and my mind, my circuits were blown a little bit because he was the most, um, I don't even, there's really no word to describe it, but like impactful, uh, the, the vibration, the energy that I felt from him and his teachings, he talked about the Tibetan wheel of life. Mm -hmm. So his whole workshop that evening was on the Tibetan wheel of life and the Bardo and, um, these different states of being and consciousness and how life and, and death are, you know, basically tied together or the same thing and consciousness and my, my circuits were just like totally expanded. And it was one <laughs> of those moments again that I knew, Oh my God, like he is, you know, whatever you want to, whatever story you want to attach it to, he's my teacher. I need to learn from him. I need to go to his, you know, to his Ireland retreat, but it was in that moment, that evening that I realized I need to go to Ireland. And he actually did, um, like to Ireland, to his one week workshop. And he, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, Shakti pot. Yes. It's yeah. Or maybe you've received it from, yeah, from a spiritual teacher. Yeah. So that evening he, you know, he facilitated Shakti Pot for everyone there. And so that was a huge, you know, spiritual, you know, it's like a, a 
energy spiritual transmission from a teacher to a student. Mm -hmm. And I had just a huge um, opening from that. And that led me to like later that year, just a couple months later after that, like in June, going to his one week um, Ireland workshop. Beautiful. And uh, my path opened up even more. Um, and I was initiated actually that summer into his, um, I won't even call it his healing modality because it's actually an ancient Tibetan healing modality that he brought back to the planet. Okay. Um, but I was initiated into that system called the rising star. Yeah. And so I became a teacher and um, I've been teaching the rising star modality and facilitating those healings for people since um, that first workshop, which was 2009. Yeah. And um, to make a long story short, it was around that time that my husband and I, we were kind of on different paths. Like I was on this like super duper high fast, like in the fast lane, spiritual path. <laughs> and he, he was kind of more in the settling down, have kids, you know, and Saturday barbecues path. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, I want all, I, I want all that and I have all that now, but at the time I was, I needed some deeper healing, I think for myself and I needed answers. Um, to questions and so we ended up parting yeah and divorcing and um my husband ray and i actually met in ireland yes so that's how our paths came together so we so he was there that week that you went he was yeah yeah, yeah. i love that i yeah. remember you telling me about it when i at some point during our first meeting yeah it's, it's one of those things like, you know, sometimes we think, and it always, you know, our, our inner spiritual journey and the work, it's, it always ends up being in just, in the end, a beautiful journey of self-discovery, always bringing us to new and deeper levels and to, you know, greater freedom and joy, but <laughs> You know, we always think like, if I meditate, I'm going to be really peaceful and, and, and very enlightened. And then you realize that once you get on the spiritual path, it's more like you're screaming at the top of your lungs <laughs> on a roller coaster, <laughs> you know, because of the work and, and, and the depths that you have to go to. And even the experiences that life will bring you yeah. once you get on the path, because it, you'll get tested over and over again. Absolutely. That's so funny. The reason I'm laughing was one, because I very much relate to that. <laughs> but we have um, our nomad teachers get together once a month and we just talk about, you know, obstacles that are coming up. And, and the theme that just seems to be coming up a lot is this um, imposter syndrome of how they, one of them in particular was saying she's a mom and has three wild children. And she was speaking of, you know, how am I supposed to teach other moms to be calm when I'm all, you know, going crazy over here, like you said, screaming. <laughs> you know, we're teaching what we need to practice. Absolutely. And we're being tested of that. Oh, you think that you know what you're doing? Oh, here it is. And it's not to say that we can't do it or we're not doing it. It's just, like you said, it's just a test. And just maybe see, I like to also think of it as like, 
do we need to tweak something or get a new tool for this? Because that other tool we're using worked for a period of time and now it's time for something new. Um, it's just an opportunity to continue to go deeper. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things that have actually helped me with that specifically, um, yeah. because I think anybody that, like you said, holds space for people or is a coach or healer, yeah. um, you know, struggles with that because we're all human, yeah. you know, or therapists or whoever, you know, we're all human and we all have our stuff. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that my teacher, um, and his name is Derek O'Neill, once, once said to me is, or to the group was, you don't have to be completely healed to help other people. Yeah. And actually, if we can get out of our own way and be of service to somebody, yeah. then the effects that it could have on that person. And ourselves too, right? And ourselves. Yeah. And I, one of the biggest practices that, I, that I've implemented in my, in my service work and in my personal journey is when I start to go into the small self, whatever that means, if it, that means like, you know, a pattern arising, some, you know, a negative emotional mental pattern or something is unfolding that I'm not liking in my life or that's really challenging one of the biggest tools to step out of your own story or your own drama, and I'm sure you know this already, I'm preaching to the choir, is stepping out of yourself and being of service to somebody else. And that realigns you with your sense of purpose. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, I think that's the, that is the, the challenge though is, is to recognize, to have that self-awareness of recognizing, oh, I'm going into little self, as you said, and then to not only recognize that trigger and that spiral downward, but then to have yourself step into that place of service, as you said. Um, yeah, that's where that real medicine is. It really is. And it's amazing how much better Yes. You know, you feel after taking an action. Yeah. So you have to like, the action comes before the feeling. Like, but if you can muster up the awareness, like you said, to, to be of service or to take an action in that way, then the action brings a sense of, you know, releasing of all the small self stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of upliftment in the heart and in your spirit. And then it's like you're back on track a little bit. Yeah. And then you might fall off again and get back on track. I know mm -hmm. it is a fun, it's a fun little game that we play <laughs> it is. our own self. Yep. Yeah. True. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And it does. It sounds like you've just been peeling away all these layers. Um, as we're, we're talking the week that we're, we're talking, um, every week that I, uh, I present an intention for our meditation on Mondays. And this intention this week is looking at uh, the truth and how it's just always transforming in that, right? What is, what's been hidden? And it's not that whatever was before, you know, that you were a dancer, that you had this, you know, dream, but the dream, then the truth changed. And it sounds like you've really been able to go with the flow of the, uh, the uncovering of the truth for you and not trying to force it to happen 
um, of what you thought the truth was back when you were 18, right? Right. Um, so that's really beautiful to, uh, to hear and witness. Yeah, I think one of the life lessons for everyone, you know, but definitely for me is knowing when to let go. Yeah. You know, whether it's a dream that, you know, you, you know, your idea or perception of what your dream should look like on the outside or letting go of um, a relationship or letting go. And by letting go, I don't mean like letting go and then like, you know, you don't see somebody again, or yeah. it's just a let, an, an internal surrender to the next step that the universe is asking. Because yeah. it's usually when we hold tight Mm-hmm. that we suffer the death grip as I say um, <laughs> death grip it has claws sometimes and I think I mean would you when, when you said that I was thinking you know it's the letting go of the expectation because the relationship might not like you just said let go it might not be that I don't see this person anymore it might just be I let go of the expectation of what that relationship is right. so that person might still be here but it's just transforming Absolutely. That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. It's just, it can constantly evolve. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I always go back to from the teachings that I've been given is that love always evolves mm. where, and wants new love renews, love evolves, love transforms, but ego likes past, likes safety likes the way things are yeah. so i always have to ask myself is this is this love or is this like the ego or the small self you know you can call it whatever you want i i love that i'm i just as soon as you said that i'm thinking of what's happening in our world right now and i mean we're we're looking at well at least i'm at looking at it, it is it is almost like love versus ego in a lot of ways of holding on to the past of fear of of this thing that is stuck yeah this ego idea of things are good the way that they are you know there's a specific slogan for a certain candidate where it's like we just want things to stay the same but they're not necessarily great it's just that we want them to stay the same and what you're saying here is that love is just ever shifting and ebbing and flowing i love I love that image that you just, and to put it into what's happening here globally. Right. And it's, you know, it doesn't always mean that it's not messy or challenging either. I'm sure you people give the metaphor or the visual all the time of like birth itself. Birth is like not pretty. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot that goes wrong there too. Yeah. It can be super intense and yeah messy and yeah all of the above oh it's so funny that you said this because i referenced this specific episode of um a podcast i'll I'll say in a moment just multiple times this week uh it's uh, i don't know if you've heard of rob bell Uh, so he has a podcast and this was actually i just i just sent it to to my group um so it was four years ago and it's still stuck with me and it's called good versus perfect And he actually talks about, I think he does, he talks about childbirth and that same thing of there is this darkness and light and, and good is so much better than perfect because perfect is stagnant. And I'm just thinking of 
or static rather. I'm just thinking of what you just said of the ego. Yeah. And what he says of perfection is, is, is essentially the ego of wanting things to stay the same. You have nowhere to go with perfection. It's just this static thing that there's nothing to go beyond it. Uh, but good has all of it. Like yeah. you said, the, the childbirth, the love. I love it. That's all. It just, I love when things just continue to overlap throughout my day. And there's, a, there's some medicine in that message for myself and for you and for all of us listening. So absolutely being in that flow yeah flow state yeah so you have you have definitely it sounds like allowed love to sh shape shift you through a lot and yeah i'm sure you had your little small me moments um but you have so many beautiful tools in your toolbox you're just talking about yoga and rising star and reiki and it sounds like you've just been able to gather all of these beautiful tools for your own healing, like you said, your own healing path and along the way sharing it of others. So what is that, what is that looking like now uh, these days? Well, um, so my, my passion as I've said already is really helping people um, heal and awaken to their highest capability and finding a level of you know personal empowerment in their life and in their choices and highest levels of health and you know vitality that's that they can access and so i have so many different tools at this point and modalities that i've integrated into my offerings um you know being a movement facilitator i'm sure you know when you're working one-on-one -on -one with people and you're teaching your um mvt 109 am i saying it correctly movement, movement, movement 109. yeah okay yeah um you know the mind and the body connection is so powerful and so when i'm working with somebody i try to help them on all of those levels so spiritual mental emotional energetic physical and so i have various modalities i do life mastery coaching um movement medicine whether that's yoga or other you know somatic forms of release um breath work and energy healings like the rising star i also do something called uh prima birthing which was um taught to me also by the same teacher and the same lineage mm -hmm. and so prima birthing is um like a rebirthing of yourself mm -hmm. um we come into the world actually when we're birthed we actually take on certain karmic contracts with our parents mm -hmm. and so prima birthing is actually a beautiful rebirthing process for someone to reconnect them to the divine mother and the divine father and let go of contracts that they may have came in with okay that are no longer serving I'm wondering what that process looks like because I've done breath work that is like a rebirthing breath work. 
So what is, what is the process that you, like, is it a talking modality or is it meditation? What is that? What would that look like? Yeah, there's no talking involved. Okay. Um, so I was, I was initiated to facilitate this for other people. So it's a lineage thing. It's a spiritual energy thing that I'm connected to through my teacher and through the lineage. But it's, um, it's a physical energy healing that is very, uh, it's very beautiful, very deeply healing. And there's a lot of actually divine mother energy that comes. So there's like a womb-like feeling or energy, a sacred space that's created. But I actually literally take somebody through a physical process of birthing. Okay. And... I'm actually waiting on a response from my teacher right now to see if um, because of where we are right now in the world and because, um, you know, there's certain social boundaries right now, I'm actually waiting to see if I can do these remotely. I'm doing the rising stars remotely. Yeah. So the idea is that there's no separation in consciousness. I agree with that. Um, so I've been, I've actually been doing so many rising stars lately. I think people are looking for, for light, for healing. Yeah. Um, something that's going to help them deal and heal with everything that's going on. Um, but yeah, so the rising star and prima birthings, those are um, very powerful healing modalities that I absolutely love, that have absolutely um, transform people's healing process and, um, awakening process. And then on a physical, like purely physical level, um, I'm now helping to educate people on a biotechnology that is pure plant-based, but it's not, um, it's not a supplement. It's considered an activator. Okay. So it's something that activates um, basically very powerful cellular signaling pathways in our bodies that start to not operate or not work correctly once we hit our early 20s. And so they're basically cellular signaling pathways that contribute to the aging process itself. Okay. And is it's... Something, um, sorry, is this something that you, you take orally though? Yes. So... Okay. Yeah, so it is something that you take orally. You take it every day. Okay. And um, this particular technology has been um, researched and it was discovered and created by a doctor and a scientist. And then the company evolved his original foundational, um, uh, his original foundational activator. Okay. Um, and now, so they have three main activators, but these are, this is, this is an area that's called, it's a new and emerging area of science called nutrigenomics. Okay. And it's the study how we can actually affect our genes by activating these cellular signaling pathways that all contribute to aging when we hit our early 20s and they stop working as well as they used to. Okay. So we're literally turning back 
the clock and we're awakening or activating survival genes. So I'm curious to know how you found your way to this. Okay. So this is another awesome story and I'll, and I'll try to sum it up for you quickly, but in be quick, quick. There's no- <laughs> <laughs> um, just not to drag on, but in, in my journey with my teacher. Yeah. So every year for like 12 years in a row, Ray and I have gone to Ireland to study with him yearly. Nice. And, and then other things like, you know, other workshops that he's done in the United States or online things. So we're constantly learning and evolving with, with him, but we've, and we've also at the same time built up really amazing and beautiful friendships with healers and teachers and just people from around the world. Yeah. And, um, so we've been really good friends with, um, somebody who we've been going to Ireland with and her name is Dr. Gloria Waterhouse. And she is, um, an amazing human being and we've known her forever. She was consulting with us though for our business. And so there was a a long time where she didn't introduce this to us because she didn't want to work. She didn't want to mix or confuse um, us working with her on the business level. Yeah. And then also her introducing this, but at a certain point she was like, I can't hold back anymore because my husband Ray had so many issues in his body, systemically, genetically. Um, He had a surgery to take out a tumor when he was 13 in his spine and had Harrington rods put in. Now they're finding out that those things have like huge negative effects on the growth process. And and so he's had a lot of fallout from his physical past. He's had like 15 surgeries or something. It's like crazy. Okay. And he deals with a lot of inflammation and chronic pain and all kinds of things that, that have been going Somebody that is, you know, a healthy human being other than that, like he's, he's taking care of himself. He's doing what he can. This is somebody, yeah, he, I mean, this is somebody who is, he's actually a very powerful channel. So he's an intuitive channel, but he's also a transformational coach and he's been working with people for like 15 years and he does a lot of deep inner work. He has a very traumatic and dramatic past, and that's all entangled in his physicality, as we know. Sure. We have the physical genetic part of our being, and then we have the mental, emotional patterns that come in. Yes. And so he's had so much to work with and deal with, and he's had to dig down so deep that he's able to like he he's had clients that have stayed with him for years because of how amazing he is as a coach. Yeah. But he has dealt with so many physical issues. And so our friend Dr. Gloria Waterhouse was a um she's a PhD, she's had a thriving um psychology practice for the last 40 years. She was a former research professor at Vanderbilt University. Okay. And she used to be married to like a very high, high level, um, prestigious, uh, heart surgeon. So she was in the medical community for a really long time and she knows how research gets funded and she knows how the system works. And, um, she came to us about a, about a year ago and said, 
with everything that Ray goes through and everything that you guys do for other people, you know, I waited a long time and I probably shouldn't have to tell you about this because not only could it help you in your own life, but it could be something that you might want to implement into your business. Mm. And so, um, she, she came to us a year ago and, you know, she had, what, what she had said to us is that when she was working at Vanderbilt, she would see all of these young, like, you know, excited, like people that were coming in to, um, you know, get educated on medicine yeah, and, and become doctors. Yeah. And then she watched all of these excited, awesome spirits over time, like get to, you know, be deflated, yeah. uh, get sick. The doctors are having, like, she was telling us like all the doctors are having affairs or they're, you know, they have like, they were, they were like building addictions. And she's like thinking, why isn't anybody getting better? Like what's broken in our system? Yeah. You know, and it's broken. Yeah. So years later, she got divorced. She had a daughter. She moved to Sandpoint, Idaho, which is absolutely beautiful. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures, but it is just absolutely stunning. Um, beautiful, beautiful blue lake and huge mountains and trees and just absolutely gorgeous. Um, but a friend of hers about seven or eight years ago, and apparently this friend of hers, um, was always the person that knew about everything ahead of time. Like, <laughs> like she was always, like she knew the, the, the best healing modalities, all the newest trends. Like she was always the one that knew about everything first. Right. And she was actually the person who apparently, do you know who would, um, I'm trying to remember the name, like Elizabeth Claire Prophet and like her husband, their channels, and they did a lot of books, but she was the one that actually kind of connected with them and brought them over to California. And that's a whole other separate thing. But she was, she was always in the know with, you know, high vibrational healings and people and things like that. So she came to our friend Gloria and said, I was introduced to a technology, a biotechnology for health. And because of your background, your research and in medicine, I want you to just take a look at it and tell me, you know, what you think. And Gloria, being who she was, is like, yeah, anything natural doesn't get researched, doesn't have money behind it. I'm going to put this to bed in like two seconds. And she started reading the research and she couldn't put it down. She told us she didn't sleep for like two or three days. And she was just so blown away um, that she she invested immediately, got it for herself, got it for her daughter. And that was about seven, eight years ago. And she now for the last seven years um, has been, you know, the company flies her around the world, around the United States, and she helps educate people, you know, to either, you know, just for their own health, but also she educates people to educate other people. So she's built like a huge business and um, she's had just major transformations with her own health from it. Yeah. Um, and so this, 
you know, we're, this was like a huge paradigm shift in our mind about how we treat our health and view our, our aging. Mm -hmm. So normally we wait until something's wrong. Yeah. And then we treat like a symptom. Yeah. Or whether it's pharmaceutical or not, or we, we think we need like, you know, something is happening and we take a supplement, which so we're, that the idea is that we're adding something in. Yeah. And so what this technology is actually doing is even though we're orally having to take something, it's activating cellular signaling pathways in the body that basically have a huge domino effect where we're tapping into our genome. We're actually awakening dormant uh, genes. Okay. And because we're actually turning back the clock, because we're, we're kind of slowing down the aging process. Yeah. And our genetic expression that, you know, there's a resurgence in, in vitality, in health, in mental clarity. And then everything that our genome is potentially set up for. So we can actually not now get the things that are, grandparents got or parents or uncles or aunts or cousins because we're we're activating our genes wow i love it yeah so, so now you and you and ray have been on this for a past year yes and, and so, what are you both experiencing okay so ray's life has totally turned around he even though we were doing international retreats and we were active, he was always in pain and he was always, you know, he had, um, he's had a few surgeries on his neck, um, which was leading to um, like headaches and certain things like that. And so his, and so there were a lot of things that he wasn't doing. Like I have two stepsons and he, wasn't able to do normal activities, like just go out and play ball with the kids. Yeah. So he was getting like more sedentary and more inflamed and more in pain. Like just, mm -hmm. I like, and he was struggling so badly and it, nobody could like, and he's done so much energy healing consciousness work Yeah. and going to doctors who couldn't really say anything about, you know, couldn't really help. Yeah. And, um, he is now, <laughs> he's now playing ball with the kids. He is not in pain the way that he was before. He's not getting the headaches. We're out hiking every day. We just had an incredible summer oh, His health wow. and wellness and vitality. His whole life has changed. Hmm. He's That's so interesting. It is. And it's amazing because you know, he's, he's done so much meditation, so much consciousness work, so much deep healing that I couldn't even imagine where he would be without even, and that's the, almost the biggest part of it. Yeah. But then we have to, we also, there's an element of, we, we exist in physical 3D bodies. Yeah. And there's certain things that take place in our genes, in our, in the aging process. And so we can, we can kind of hack or 
you know, we call it biohacking our biology or taking control of our system. We can hack our minds and our, you know, through meditation and, and through our consciousness work. But when we have that help with something that can literally activate genes and activate cellular signaling pathways that stopped working in our early 20s because of the aging process, once we start to hack that, yeah, it can have massive and profound effects. And not just on our physicality, but on our brains. Yeah. Our brains start working better. You probably have more energy. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of the things that I, when I first started, I was telling people it's like time and space opened up. Yeah. Ooh. And there was like a, there was a, a cellular remembrance, like a memory mm. of how it felt when I was younger. Because the aging process is so slow, you know, and, and for myself, and there was one part of my journey that I didn't go into, which was, um, you know, I, I dealt with some physical stuff and, and I had a surgery last year, but that aside for a moment, I was one of those persons that I was raised healthy. Like I grew up in a house where I wasn't allowed to have sugar for most of my life yeah. <laughs> on like a Friday or Saturday night. Um, I ate super healthy. I was active. I was a dancer. I was meditating. I was doing energy healing. I was doing all the right stuff. Yeah. But I still wasn't, I, I wasn't feeling like I was hitting that place of total vibrancy and health. You're saying at where you're at in this part of your life or when well, you're before, 20? before I got on this, like I felt like I was doing everything right. And how many of us know people like that are, you know, we're, we're healthy, we're eating right. We're doing our yoga we're, or we're, you know, doing whatever we love to do physically to keep ourselves healthy. And we're doing all these things, but like a lot of people still aren't hitting that place of just feeling awesome. Yeah. And so this is the piece that came in for me. Yeah. So you said you, you, you started taking it and time and space opened up. And so you had this more like energy and, and kind of taking you where you were aspiring to be. Yes. It was like, I always knew that this was available somehow, but it just hadn't come to me yet. And I, like, I knew somewhere in the universe, somebody somewhere had some solution. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> you know, physically to help, you know, not just people that aren't doing well health-wise, but people that are athletic and healthy, but just still aren't like they're, they can't quite get there. And this was the very thing. And it's, and it's pure plant synergy in micro essence form. So it's very, very small input. So it's not a supplement, but it's like a, a biotech synergy. It's like, a, you know, I'm trying to explain it to you in the best way, a tiny input, but has like a domino effect that has huge consequences. Okay. And when you're saying that tiny, but it's, it is over time too, because you are ingesting it every day. It's, so it's small, yeah, it's small input, small, like every day it's small input, but as it's do doing that, that's building that domino effect. Correct. Okay. So it takes a long time for our bodies to get to where they are because of aging. 
Yeah. And because of the way that our genes are set up from our genetic lineage. Well, yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, you're saying back in the twenties, well, here we are, you and I are in our forties. I'm assuming yes. Uh, with the timeline. So it's almost like, yeah, it's going to take time to get back there. Yeah. So yeah. As opposed to somebody who's in their sixties or eighties, it's going to take further Correct. time to get back there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it depends on how old the person is and it depends on, you know, what acute or chronic conditions are, are happening. Um, I think for people like you and me, we're both, um, we're, we're in our early forties, but we're dancers. We're fairly healthy. We meditate. So we're aware we're awake for the most part. And we, we know, and we, we're so used to observing our bodies and the way that we're feeling that I, you know, I can't ever say to somebody, obviously what their experience will be, but I think for someone like you, you'd probably have an experience like I did, I noticed things right away. Yeah. And even Ray, and he's in his early 40s too, with all of his chronic conditions and his genetic lineage, within a few weeks, he was able to observe some very positive um, happenings. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. Cool. Well, I love how you have so many beautiful tools in your, your toolbox to share with all of us, you know, from yoga to rising star to Reiki to neuro, uh, I'm always forgetting it. Neurogenomics. Neurogenomics, yes. You could even say just biohacking because we're biohacking. taking control of our biology. There yeah. You go. Um, yeah, I, I love this. And it, and you, like you said, when you have a session with you, you kind of sit with and meet the person where they're at. So you, somebody might be getting a couple of modalities or they might be getting one modality that's aligned with what, what their, their issue is. It sounds like. Cool. Well, anything else that you want to share before we start to wrap things up for our time together? I think, I think that's it. So, and so where can people find you then? So our, or our, sorry, our web address is elevate-well.com. So Elevate Well is our company. Um, People can always email me, um, colby at elevate-well.com. So that's C-O-L-B-Y at elevate well or elevate dash well.com. And, you know, I'm always happy to chat, you know, around any of the healing modalities that we talked about. Um, I love educating people on the power of the biotechnology. I've just seen it transform so many people's lives um, that I, beyond all the consciousness work and the energy healing, um, it's become a huge part of what I do. So, yeah. And do you have social media handles too? Because people like to stalk you in those ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, my, my personal Instagram, which I always, I do personal stuff, but I always do some of my professional stuff there. It's Colby Yogini, but just one Y. So C-O-L-B-Y-O-G-I-N-I. Okay. Colby Yogini. Too in our show. Yeah. yeah. And 
and I we used to have um, a professional Instagram, but we're, we've revamped a lot of our we revamped our name and a lot of our services. So we're kind of where we haven't gotten it up yet. So to speak. I understand that we're constantly rebranding ourselves, aren't we? Yes. Uh, that part's exhausting of this. <laughs> Reinventing. <laughs> yeah. Reinventing. It seems, yeah. It's like every time you get a new modality, there's like a whole new reinvention of self or remembering of self, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I hope that people out there will definitely dive into some of the offerings because I'm excited to experience more of you. We're in our healer circle. You'll be presenting to our group to, next week. And I'm looking forward to a private session with you too to dive awesome. into that. <laughs> and then I'll tell everybody about my experience with you. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to sit and have these, this conversation with you. Um, you know, I feel like we've been having these conversations over the years. We just float in and out of each other's mm -hmm. lives. And I feel like this time we're going to stick. Both stick I, mean, around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would like yeah. that very much. Yeah, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast and being part of Nomad's community and our healer circle. It's been just amazing. The people that you know and that you're connected to and just really grateful for the experience. And I'm grateful that you reached out to me. And I think it, you know, it was at a perfect time how we kind of reconnected back in, I think it was late, late September, or October when I reached out yeah, to you. Probably and, right around now, a year ago. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we made it happen in the midst mm -hmm. of the pandemic. So yes, yes. For more. Well, thank you so much again, Colby. And uh, yeah, let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Phoebe. And now, as I am getting this all ready to go, I'm excited to announce that Colby will be part of our open house that's happening October 3rd. So go over again to Nomad Always at Home, sign up to get access to our free open house all day on Saturday and Colby will be there for one of our offerings with my Movement 109 and her meditation and we would love, love, love to see you. Okay.